welcome back to the New Ark Podcast. Episode, I, what are you going to say, 20, I, I think 26? I was going to go 25, 25, but... 28? <laughs> we'll work it out someday. 26, I, I'm more confident than I usually am with that. So, okay. so we're, we're going to go with 26 for now, to the nearest 26. And today, we're talking about chameleons. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And we were saying just before we started recording that we're quite disappointed with chameleons, because they're really boring. And, uh, I mean, th- there really is no point whatsoever in bringing them on board, uh, as far I, as I can see. I wouldn't say they're boring, because they're one of the most... You said that! They're one, of the, most col- they're one of the most colourful... Uh, you know, uh, exotic, ancient, basically they're dinosaurs. They've been around um, definitely for 56 to 66 million years, but some scientists actually believe they've been existing as far back as the Cretaceous period, which is 100 million years ago. And that is not boring. You know, that cannot be boring. Well, I think you know what I think about dinosaurs. Anything that's been here for a hundred million years is they know more than we do. Indeed, indeed. Life finds a way to kill every human being around it, especially if it's a dinosaur. I mean, need I say more? You've just handed me the case on a silver platter, Saf. Every time on this podcast we bring up Jurassic Park, I win. (laughs) No, because chameleons are... They have all the pros of dinosaurs, i.e. the exotic... Whatever, the exotic way they look, the the history, the... But they're not, they don't have the ferocity of a Velociraptor or a T-Rex. You know, people have chameleons as pets. There are kids that have chameleons in a, like a, like a fish tank. In a fish tank? Yeah, yeah, fundamentally like a glass bowl, like a terrarium or whatever. It's called a terrarium. Yeah, but it's a, it's a bona fide fish tank, right? (laughs) Um, so we don't have to exaggerate the dangers of being eaten by chameleons, but, but we still get to have that perfect balance between, you know, humans. What we want is we want to put things in a cage or a box. We want to look at it. We want to point at it. We want to take photos with it and not be eaten. And that we can do with chameleons. Well, I've got to say, Saf, I read a lot of reptile-keeping forums in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, there are a lot of them. All of them say that chameleons are shoddy pets, don't keep them. Uh, and, I mean, these are the chameleon keepers saying it. But I think after that comment of yours, there'll be twice as many of these forums, just so people can rant about that statement of yours. Well, when Don't I, when keep I, when chameleons I, in aquariums; they will drown. Full stop. They are no, not fish. They no, should no, not no. be treated as such. No, they cannot breathe underwater. I don't mean water. I just mean you know these glass boxes. 
Um, they are they are decent pets, and um, kind of the proof in the pudding is as I was looking through these chameleon forums. Guess what? Keep kept popping up. Chameleon pet insurance. That is how mainstream it is. Just as you get, I have cat pet insurance for my cat. There's Do you? Pet, yeah, like your your pet insurance, right? Cats, dogs, whatever. But now you can I get. Don't. Well, you should. Pet pet <laughs> bills are very high. Okay. Um, well, um, I don't have a pet, so. Right. Okay. No, well, I if you were to get a pet. It. It's the it's the only responsible thing to do as a pet owner. Mm. But chameleons have their very own specific pet insurance, which I can appreciate because they have their own kind of needs and you know their own kind of whatever metrics that the insurers need to look at. Yeah, because they're such liabilities. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned it yourself. So, chameleons, famously bright coloured. You do know what bright colours in chameleons mean. So, when a chameleon is brightly coloured, that means it's up for a fight. Bright means aggressive. Don't go near it. Any side is its wrong side. And they have a 360 degree vision. So, about basically your stuff there. Uh, I mean, chameleons just aren't nice creatures, Saf. I know I've been saying this for 25 episodes about 25 different animals, but it's true this time. <laughs> Chameleons are bastards. Well, the fact that you've just admitted on air that uh, you have been saying porkies for the last 25 I episodes. I didn't admit that. <laughs> I just said it's true this time. Yeah. I didn't say it wasn't true all the other times. All right. Spoken like a true politician. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the fact that they're bright colored in their, you know, glass enclosures is fine. Also, even if they were out to pick a fight, we'll win. Like, humans will win, like, I will bet on a human, an average human, not on, like, a UFC fighter or a boxer, just your average human with no fighting skills will beat a chameleon. Will beat a chameleon. That could be a new sport in Earth <laughs> 2.0. Chameleon <laughs> wrestling. You could do it like finger wrestling. That'd be quite fun with chameleons. Like, like get one of their little hands to grip yours, and you could... <laughs> Because they do a lot of swaying chameleons, so I imagine mm -hmm. they'd be quite good at finger wrestling because they can sort of bend they'd with the flow. They still lose. No, no, they wouldn't. Because I, I mean, how, how would you beat a chameleon? You'd have to rip its arm off. <laughs> but they wouldn't I, I mean, if, if you recall how finger wrestling works, is you have to pin your opponent's finger yeah. against their hand. And you'd have to be supremely dexterous to pin a chameleon's finger against its hand. Uh, I, I would be betting on the chameleon in that instant, Saf. Yeah, but they're not going to pin, pin a human's finger against... The, it's not that's not going to happen. Humans might win by but, TKO. But if, you, if you rip the chameleon's finger off, you win <laughs> by TKO. No, then you get a red card, you forfeit the match. 
No, 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 the chameleons is here are going to win 100% of the time, just because the human is going to get so fed up, so hungry, basically starved, sitting there for days, that they're, they're, they're going to forfeit. I, I mean, you know this, so uh, historically people believe that chameleons just lived off air. This is how little they eat. So that chameleon can just sit there for day on upon day. Uh, until that, that human gives up forfeits. This is basically how chess works. If you make yeah. a sufficiently boring game, then eventually your opposition will forfeit. Same with cricket. <laughs> chess and cricket. Um, how does your opposition forfeit in cricket? You never forfeit, it just goes to a boring ass draw after five days. <laughs> no, yeah? they, they, they forfeit. When it rains, yeah. All, all all other sports play through rain. Cricketers don't. They they just forfeit. It's because the game's not interesting enough to play. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, they are. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree on the finger wrestling, but fundamentally. <laughs> You know, a fight to the death between a chameleon and an average human, the human's going to win. So all I'm trying to say is that there is no issue about fearing them. The danger posed by a chameleon is pretty low. On top of that, you've demonstrated another key point uh, for the chameleon, which is that they hardly eat, which means we don't have to spend much of our food budget on chameleons for the for the trip for the voyage to earth 2.0 and we don't have to spend much time you know feeding them throughout the trip so that's that's a fantastic positive um you know uh, positive thing the fact that they've got 360 degree vision is also a positive thing because i think we might be able to learn from them and, you know, utilize their vision for our trip somehow. They can see ultraviolet, uh, ultraviolet light spectrum as well, which we can't. So if we find some way to kind of like reverse engineer, you know, we, we look at their eye mechanics, learn from it, reverse engineer something, and then we will be able to have a 360 degree view of our spaceship and we'll be able to view ultraviolet light in space. Yeah, I mean, if we ever encounter aliens which can only be seen in ultraviolet light, we're, we're in for a winner. Mm -hmm. And that is very, very much possible. <laughs> is it? I of mean, it's been it a while since I did physics, but don't you have to be really small to only emit in that end of the spectrum? Doesn't matter. Isn't that we're how not, it works? Maybe, but it doesn't matter. Tiny we're not, aliens. We're not. We're not being, uh, you know, uh, prejudiced on size. Um, oh, clearly not. But I mean, it makes a less impressive Hollywood invasion movie of like an arrival. The, the, the giant aliens come down. They're just microscopic little particles. But, lot, but, but lots of them. But, but yeah, I mean, complete. Volcanic dust storm of alien uh, particles, uh, and, and they could literally bring the world to a standstill, the way a little virus 
cold, cold COVID-19 did. <laughs> yes, you're onto something there. Saf, COVID-19 is an alien. Could be. Start of a new world invasion. It's going to evolve again. It's going to become called Zeta COVID. It's a true alien name because all aliens start with Z, like Zog, and I, I don't think there are any other alien names like Zog. And it's just they're just going to kill everyone. Well, I mean, that's stated. There isn't much point doing this podcast, is there? Because we're all going to die. So, I mean, we should just leave with the arc now. I don't think we have time to debate whether chameleons deserve a spot on board. This is it's urgent, Saf, that, that we just get out of here. But before the Zeta COVID kills us all. No, because we could encounter other similar aliens that are much more transmissible and much deadlier <laughs> and what we and what we need is we need the chameleon so that we can learn from them and preemptively identify these aliens so that we don't end up with a verse with a worse version of covid Strong point, strong point. So, so chameleons can be a, a lifeline against evil microscopic space aliens. Pretty uh, much. We are. We need them more than they need us. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yes and no. But I, I'll let that point lie. What I did want to, what I did want to raise, is, is one of my pet problems with chameleons because we've already talked about how problematic they are as pets so it's one of my pet problems and I mean chameleons just are prone to spreading chaos and sowing dissent spreading misinformation they are the original fake news of the animal world so I mean I already mentioned that they led people on to believe they ate air which is frankly ridiculous there are a few more things. So, you know, since, since 2013, basically the web has decided that the collective noun for chameleons is a starship. I thought it used to be called a camp. So, so it is called a camp. Correct. Very good. One point staff. But in 2013, this Redditor, for a practical joke, started posting everywhere that the collective noun for chameleons is called a starship. So, so now everyone's confused. The chameleons started it. The chameleons are to blame. And uh, they're, they're just wasting all of our human short existence on this planet. Out, out, brief candle. We are but a petty player strutting his time upon the stage. And the chameleons are wasting that they're, they're wasting our short lifespan by spreading this this ridiculous rumor uh, across I, the web i hate to break it to you for the umpteenth time but it is not a chameleon that is doing this it is How a you know? human it is a human that is on reddit it is the human you know it's not a chameleon that's on reddit it's not because they can't um, pass the test where you need to show that you're a human when you get a the traffic light test. Can of course they can. Pass it. No, they can't. Don't, don't you just 
click on the caption, it automatically completes it for you. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, because that's how they work. <laughs> you just click on them, and they you get that tick mark oh, no, most of the that. time. No, it's the one where you got to pick which ones are the traffic lights. <laughs> but, I mean, if there was anything a chameleon could solve, picking the, the red, yellow, and green, and the changing colour, the traffic lights, out of all the pictures, uh, surely, I mean... Don't you think they could do that? This is going to be our second experiment. The first is going to be finger wrestling a chameleon. The second is going to be presenting it with a, a, a light capture. I've actually never seen one with traffic lights. Don't you usually, usually have to say when there's, I don't know, bicycles ships, and tunnels? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you get yeah. all of them. But that's the thing. These things are becoming more sophisticated so that bots can't uh, get through. Which means I'm starting you know, not to be able to get through them, <laughs> so I don't think the chameleons. The most annoying ones are the letter ones, because you type it in I right, and they're like, no, wrong, stuff off. Hmm. But the fact that they're called a starship is—it's almost like, you know, it's almost like it's written in the stars since 2013. The prophecy is that chameleons are going to go aboard the starship called the New Ark. Yeah, but I mean, what do we know about starships, Saf? Have you watched Star Trek? Starship Enterprise just spreading human imperialism across the universe, having our conquest over other alien races, assimilating them heedlessly into our culture, destroying their native indigenous life forms and beliefs. I mean, if, if this is what comedians stand for, do we really want to bring them on board? And that got unusually dark for the, the New York page. Yes, and, um, you know, with or without the chameleons, that's inevitable, given that there's humans involved. The chameleons are just going to help us navigate the ultraviolet light aliens and help us with 360 degree vision so that we can get to Earth 2.0 in one piece. Like an interpreter. Yeah. Mm. Well. Like a guide uh, dog. <laughs> like, like a guide dog. Well, in the realm of science fact, uh, I do have something more to tell you about chameleons, which is they are scientifically, factually proven to be racists. So, uh, I mean, when a chameleon is sad, it adopts a dark colour, so it goes black or grey sometimes. When it's happy, it goes light colour, goes, say, white. So, uh, I mean, it's just like chess, again, racist, fundamentally so. And we live in a more advanced society which shouldn't be standing for those old racist imperialist paradigms. How is chess racist? Isn't it 50-50 black it's white and white? and black. The white moves first. That's racist, <laughs> Saf. You should play Go. Doesn't black move first in Go? I'm sure it does. Not sure. But, mm. but then that's still racist, just racist the other way. Yeah, but then nobody can go. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. You should have to uh, flip a coin or play a preliminary game of chess, and the winner goes first for the next game. Just like a chess Fast game caterpillar. The, 
moves fast in the preliminary game. Well, then you play another game before that, Staff. You see how this works? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so they change color depending on their mood. And their mood, That's not it. camouflage. Common misconception. Mm. Yeah, changes in light or temperature as well. Uh, humidity all play a role. So, you know. Or just to spread confusion. Because, I mean, they make people think they camouflage and they don't. So, mm. just another way they're wasting your short lifespan upon this barren planet we call home. Mm. So you've played the racist card against a chameleon <laughs> for the fact that they well, I'm not going to get to their... murderer this episode, so... Mm. Right, so... You know, within racism, there's... Mm harmful racism and kind of like what's sort of like unharmful racism yeah so the fact that they're being racist well they're not but the fact that they're changing skin color based on external factors isn't harming anybody isn't lynching anybody isn't taking anybody's job isn't doing you know isn't adding to slavery or discrimination in any way so it's one of those things where it's like it is what it is and i think you know if you're interpreting it as racism then i think that's just uh, a case of uh, wokeness wokeness well I, I mean yes yes and no so so chameleons certainly aren't lynching anyone you've made that very clear they will not murder us probably the first animal we've had on the new arc which can safely say that i couldn't find any possible feasible way in which chameleons could possibly kill us <laughs> but but they are still perpetuating racist viewpoints, paradigms, black, bad, white, good. So uh, I'm not sure how much slack we can cut them. But since I can't make the murderous point, I will make the nymphomaniac one, or sexual mm -hmm. deviant, we'll say. So mm -hmm. obviously, you know, chameleons' tongues, very long, mm -hmm. twice as long as their body, in fact, mm -hmm. common statistic. And you know how evolution works. So evolution, you evolve via sexual mm -hmm. selection, so mm -hmm. the boys evolve to be more like what the girls want, vice versa. So, I mean, I'm sure you can connect the dots here, Saf. Why have chameleons evolved long tongues? So they can French kiss each other. And, <laughs> I mean, there's such a abhorrent public show of affection is not to be promoted aboard the new ark everyone hates the french so we we just can't allow them on board for that very simple reason <laughs> well i didn't know the new ark was governed by victorian uh <laughs> prudishness um, 
I, I think we're a much more progressive, liberal, um, you know, inclusive uh, culture that we're that we're building for Earth 2.0, and um, you know, we we promote and encourage uh, you know public displays of affection if if they they wish. Well, the arc that is absolutely fine. Yeah, but you know where that leads to, Saf. Too much kissy kissy, French or otherwise, and uh, I mean, so comedians can have something like two hundred babies at once, and that's that's too many. So uh, we've spoken about the the so-called clean and unclean animals before. This is how God Himself set it out. Got to mm-hmm. say, God, big guy, made the original Ark. We do have to kind of give him some credit so that he doesn't sue us for plagiarism and i mean doing due diligence the unclean beasts are the ones which he didn't want really to be on the ark so he allowed two of them the the clean beasts you get seven so they're already green light in the clear i'm not gonna tell you what they are because then you'll be using the subsequent episodes but but the bad ones <laughs> include pigs, camels, ferrets, snails, lizards, moles, vultures, swans, owls, bats, cuckoos, and chameleons. So it means double bad because they're chameleons and they're lizards. So that, that's like a double no. He's so grudgingly they, said, "You can have two on board, right?" Well, yes. Which is literally what just... we are talking about. Two on board the ark. God has certified. Stamped approval chameleon twice. Lizards and his chameleons. He specified them by name to, to bring two on board. We have to carry out God's wishes and we shall. Amen. No, Saf. God is a politician, first and foremost. He needed to get the, the, the minority voters, the small constituencies on board. So he gave chameleons the the free pass so he could get the the French to vote for him in the the religious crusades essentially this is how history works so he allowed comedians on the ark the French took up Christianity tit for tat but he he doesn't like comedians God clearly well his his actions you know are kind of um, imprinted in history and we will follow suit we, we may need the French on Earth 2.0 you never know so no way. Uh, it's just good to you know have the chameleon card in our back pocket plus well, just, just God's God, God's wishes we're just fulfilling God's wishes well you've just lost all the Brexit voters there Ah. Uh. I'm going to go absolutely full out pro Brexit before we even reach Earth 2.0. So, so we're definitely not having the French anywhere near our new planet. But I did want to make a point about chameleon babies. Mm-hmm. So you know that some or many chameleons are ovoviviparous, which, apart from being a horrible word, which makes you sound quite clever means that they give birth to to live young so they gestate their eggs inside of them 
which is just abhorrent for start. But you know what else does that? Sharks. And nobody likes sharks. Sharks automatically disqualified from the new arc, I think, by virtue of bringing dolphins on board. So how can we support the, the reptilian equivalent of sharks on board the new arc? And I mean, fundamentally, it does mean they're less evolved. So oviviparous animals are less evolved because they haven't graduated but they've been but they've been around for a hundred million years. Well, a hundred million years ago, there were iguanas, and I don't know if you know this, but Darwin hated iguanas, and Darwin, second to God, I think, has to be given our cred on the new arc. So, him, God, we don't get into any rows with them. Darwin openly hated iguanas. He met them in the Gracchus. He called them something like devilish imps of hell. Dark, horrible beasties. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but these are uh, basically the words he racist. <laughs> Well, he was. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will concede that point. Darwin was a racist. But he was also a godly man. So right. I, I think you have to cancel the points out. Right. A godly hmm. man that just poo pooed God's theory by oh. bringing in, in evolution. Well, by virtue of that, then you're saying that every Christian nowadays who believes in evolution is ungodly. Darwin, Darwin was a good Christian. That's why he held off publishing the, whatever it was called, evolution of species by natural selection and botherously long title book of his until he was on his deathbed. That and so he didn't get persecuted and killed by ardent Catholics, but also because he's a good Christian, so... <laughs> but deathbed, shouldn't that be the time when he was being very careful about not publishing things that could be deemed <laughs> to be heresy against uh, against God? Yeah, but it's, it's all about how you do it, Saf. So he was like, here's my book, Disproving God, but I mean, I'm not going to be around for much longer, so just ignore me. Do with it what you will. I don't really care. I mean, you know, he let his kids doodle in his book, Old Evolution of Species by Natural mm -hmm. Selection, and goodness knows what else. So if you read the original manuscripts, it's full of his kids' wacky animal doodles, which are quite fun to look at. Mm. Okay. But he was a cool guy, cool guy Darwin, and he hated iguanas, which are, are basically chameleons, as you've stated, 100 million years ago. Chameleons, iguanas, same, same. Both equally devilish and evil. So. Okay. Okay, oh, I've broken Saf. Good. Uh, I mean, similar to the tearing the chameleon's arm off in the, the finger wrestle, I think that means I get a de facto victory in this argument. <laughs> right. Oh. Okay. I, I've got a. Uh, 
bit of a tangential argument to make about Always the best. value of the chameleon and how much it can teach us. So, as part of my research, I came across one Michelle Cunner, who is a PhD, big tick, and fellow at Harvard, big, big tick. Pops. Written a article titled Life Lessons Learned from a Chameleon During Lockdown. Oh, <laughs> and there's four key takeaways from this. Four? Wow. <laughs> yes, four. Which I, think, hard. <laughs> which I think um, would be very helpful for us both aboard the Ark, but also on Earth 2.0 as we look to start anew. So, first one first lesson from the chameleon keep a simple intention in mind all the time great words of advice basically means they're stupid yep. Se second point <laughs> accept the impermanence of life very very sage go. advice because they're wasting is, all our time this is this is you know the the monks the yogis the sages you know uh, have always been been talking about this third one celebrate your achievements we definitely should do more of that and then the last one take care of yourself and others so all of these lessons by a phd fellow at harvard from the lowly chameleon during lockdown I want to know how comedians take care of others because they're famously solitary, territorial, aggressive miscreants that don't give a damn about others. So, I mean, bringing two comedians on board Narc is torture in itself because they'll, they'll be very unhappy together. But, I mean, how do comedians take care of others? Would you care to elucidate on Miss PhD's statements, Zach? Uh, yes, I can. Give me a second. Let me get to my tab. Bring up the bloody paper with the article on because um, oh fun, you know. Uh, so, which point did you? Uh... I want to know how chameleons look after others because that's yes. bullshit. Right. So this is this is the the explanation. When a chameleon moves, it rolls its tail around a stable object to res rescue itself if it accidentally falls. During the pandemic, we... <laughs> During the pandemic, we worked on becoming more careful and, it, and at taking care of people who are most precious to us. These folks are those who kept polishing our diamonds regardless of what was going on outside. The chameleon inspires us to secure our basic self by sustaining activities that provide for our elemental needs. We don't want to lose ourselves along the way. <laughs> wow. PhD fellow at Harvard. 
Maybe he's playing five B chess. I'm quite curious to know where a PhD is in now, because it clearly isn't in psychoanalyzing chameleons. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where the PhD is in. Um, Pray do. Where has he gone? Oh look! Oh. It's disappeared. One moment, PhD. Next, he's just some rambling lunatic. Yeah, he is a PhD. That that much I know, and a fellow at Harvard. So that's even bigger. Uh, fellow of Harvard Maybe University. Maybe he fell off a branch. PhD, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. <laughs> Ah, well, maybe he should get a computer to write his <laughs> next PhD paper. Because, sorry mate, it would <laughs> do a better job. But I, I do have a life lesson from chameleons, because chameleons are creatures of habit, which I resonate with. So, I mean, chameleons, famously, they'll... Uh, they'll stick to their routines, so he'll cross the road at 10am, walk up to branch A at 2pm, branch B 3pm. Uh, if, if you ever talk to like a field guide, uh, they have a very good, jolly, fun time uh, using this to their advantage, because they'll drive up with their car uh, in pitch black, spotlighting for like lions and whatever. Uh, off the road, and then they'll they'll pretend that they've spotted the chameleon on the branch, uh, which would be a superhuman feat if they had, but they just know it's always there at that time. So, so, so I mean, point of the story is, chameleons creatures of habit, and it would be downright cruel to subject them to the extremely stressful experience of putting them on a bloody great big space arc and shipping them off to a new planet. But if you, as I know you have, read all of these reptile chameleon keepers forums, they say that chameleons, number one thing, get very stressed. So we can't break their habits, we can't remove them from branch B at 10pm to take them on a bloody big space boat ride. We just take branch B with us. Take Parch be with us. Chameleon would, would be none the wiser. Ah, oh, that's not very nice to chameleons. <laughs> First diss we've ever heard coming from Saf. <laughs> we just take Branch B, package it up aboard the Ark, and off we go. That actually does remind me of another thing I read. So it's another of my stories, but in... Ooh, I'm going to forget the year now. 1954, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. A postmaster uh, in the US, in Orlando, Florida, uh, received a, a strange parcel, uh, which was addressed to them. So it had uh, a very clear instruction note on it. Mm-hmm. So it was sent by a chameleon owner uh, in Ohio uh, who'd 
basically discovered it was too cold for their chameleon in Ohio. So they mailed mm-hmm. it uh, to Florida and told the postmaster to release it back into the wild there so it could be nice and happy in a warm, sunny climate, unlike space. I mean, there wasn't really a point to that story, but I can make, make there be one. So space is really cold, famously south. Not, so, not about the arc. The arc's oh, going to be yes, temperature con- controlled. Zero degrees, space, but freezing, freezing cold. No, we're not going to be wearing puffer jackets about the arc. We're going to be chilling. But, but we have to wear space suits. Otherwise, there's no point going to space, Saf. The, the whole point of going to space is you wear the bloody big astronaut suit. The point of the bloody big astronaut suit is to insulate you against the freezing cold of space. We just take one of those little um, heat lamps for the, for the uh, chameleon. <laughs> put, it, put it next to branch B. <laughs> In an aquarium. In a terrarium. (laughs) You can go with a dolphin. (laughs) Dolphin can have a nice sauna bath next to the chameleon. (laughs) How nice. How nice. Well, I I have a few quick-fire facts Mm -hmm. for you, because I know you love those. Firstly, did you know chameleons are the world's smallest reptiles? So there's one of them, which is the size of an ant, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've already said with ants, quite small, quite hard to keep track of on the ark. Very easy to step on. Did they make it or not? No, they didn't. For that very reason, Saf. So... What, what's your step here? Because ants, chameleons, same size, same degree of an issue we have. So, I mean, that's quick point one. Quick point two is that, well, I, I'll let you guess this. What do you think the uh, scientific name of the common chameleon is? I have no idea. You have no. Well, actually, to be fair, you probably could have guessed it. It says Camellio Chameleon. But I mean, if if ever you were going to mark an animal out as lazy, giving it the same two scientific names, it's it's rubbish. And I mean, thirdly, you're just creating torture for all of the future kids on a 2.0 by even bringing chameleons. We mentioned it with chrysalises. Both of them complete nightmares when you're trying to learn spelling. And English is a shoddy old language uh, for spelling. So we don't need to make it any worse as it is. No pterodactyls, no chrysalises, no chameleons. Yes, it is. Chameleon, okay. Can you spell for me chameleo chameleon? Yeah, chameleo chameleon. It's just chameleon without the N first and then chameleon with the N after. Spell it for me. C-H-A-M-E-L-E-O ah, You failed You have to start by saying the word first That's how spelling bees work <laughs> You have to say That's the one Then spell it C-H-A-M-E-L-E-O C-H-A-M-E-L-E-O-N Wrong Wow <laughs> yeah, That was me So, so you spelled C- Camellio right but then the trick with the common chameleon scientific name 
is thing, uh, included a completely unnecessary A on the, the second chameleon. So it's C H A M A E L E O N. Oh, really? <laughs> gotcha! Woo. 1.2 Elliot. Yeah! <laughs> so you see, you, you just can't bring an animal onto the art, you can't spell. That should be a new rule moving forward. And I'm going to find all the nasty scientific names. <laughs> I found a good one recently, actually. I won't be able to remember it now, but it's an, an endangered species of snail, which begins with three A's. So you know how you thought aardvark was the first animal in the alphabet? It's not. Mm. Mm. Pipped by a snail. The three A's. Bet you couldn't spell that one. Um, do you reckon they've updated the encyclopedias? Because they always start with aardvark. No, they always start with AA, because that's the type of lava, isn't it? I was enough of a nerd to learn these things. But it's, it's right. a fluffy kind of lava that you get okay. in Hawaii and somewhere okay. else. Okay. AA. And actually, you probably start with A just by itself. A, then AA, then aardvark. <laughs> but, with a, but with a snail before the aardvark, so there you go. There you go. So chameleons, they teach us things, life lessons. They are, <laughs> they are gonna guide us through space with their three hundred sixty degree vision and their ability to spot aliens. They are suddenly exotic um, with all the pros of dinosaurs with none of the cons. And that is something future generations will absolutely want to see. And we cannot rob that from our unborn children. Um, and a group of them called a camp and a starfish and that is starfish. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the starfish of chameleons can go in your aquarium Saf <laughs> starship starship what have you been uh, doing with all these Freudian slips <laughs> uh, starship it's written in the stars that it's written in the stars and it's been is written in god's will that they need to be there two of them to populate earth 2.0 so let us be the stewards of that wish and prophecy to see it through let us not let elliot come in the way <laughs> with his um with his um What's the word with his um, prejudices against chameleons? Well, all I can say, Saf, is have you seen Fantastic Beasts? I haven't. You haven't? Well, good. <laughs> because now I can completely make up what's there. So there's a chameleon in there, a magical chameleon. <laughs> And it's, right. it's the bad guy. It's Grindelwald's uh, pet. 
and it's very nasty, very aggressive. But what I was actually going to say is that I'm sure there's some sort of creature in Fantastic Beasts which does blend into its surroundings, like chameleons. And so it's impossible to find, and they have a very hard time finding it, and it's not a good idea to bring chameleons on the ark for that reason. And secondly... They're just going to be on Branch B, dude. You know how, like you just said, we don't have, we don't have to... We don't have to. But, but where does the branch end and the chameleon start? Because when you're trying to cut off branch B, you might cut the chameleon in half. Cut it off. We just take. We just. Uh, it. Yeah, we just move branch B from the arc onto Earth 2.0. That's it. <laughs> very straightforward. How, how would you even know if the chameleon were there? We know it's just there. We don't have to worry. He could have escaped. He could have been abducted by space aliens, for all you know. See, I mean, all, all of these issues. But what's a second thing I was going to say is chameleons mentioned by Shakespeare. And if you don't trust God, you don't trust Darwin, you, I mean, only one person you can trust, Shakespeare. Where does Shakespeare mention them? Hamlet. What happens in Hamlet? Well... I mean, no spoilers, but nothing good. So. <laughs> Chameleons, plain bad luck. They'll bring the space aliens down upon us and cause us to murder our fathers. Or something like that. Hmm. So, you know what we're going to have to do. We are going to have to leave it to our loyal listeners to decide. Do you trust Shakespeare, Darwin and or God? Do you trust the Harvard PhD student <laughs> who talks about the, the wonders of chameleons for tackling the solitary confinement of COVID and that you should always hang your tail off something? I think that's the gist of it. Cool. Let us know what you think. <laughs> Join us next week when we will be discussing... The Earthworm. The Earthworm. I like that. Straight off the bat. Can it be any worm or just earthworms? Earthworm. Earthworms. Okay. Very specific. Join us next week when we will be discussing earthworms. So I can't talk about tapeworms and slimy macty worms, nope. deep sea space worms, wormy aliens. Uh, well, I'm sure I'm going to talk about all of them anyway. But join us next week for earthworms. See you then.